A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. The rankings are coming back. I always enjoy this because I like it when wrestling feels like sports, although I don't think all wrestling should be like sports. And of course, ever since Tony Khan did announce that, post-collision, the whole internet has melted down. But I've got an idea. Why don't we just wait and see whether it's a good thing or whether it's a bad thing. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs for AEW Collision, which is now basically situated around the fact that people are going to get together, they're going to do big old tag team matches, and they're absolutely going to rule. Works for me. Let's up those doubts. It was also more fun to kick off this week's episode of Collision, because we were doing John Moxley taking on, of all people... Shane Taylor. Now, as we talked about before, sometimes, especially when it does come to Saturday nights, these random matches are a little bit perplexing, but we all have biases as we walk through this world. I'm a big fan of John Moxley, and I'm a big fan of Shane Taylor. So when I sat down with my tush in the chair and I realized I was getting this, I searched my feelings and realized, yep, I want it. This was also Jonathan's first singles match in AEW in 2024, so that was exciting. But also, as he made his way to the ring, we saw some highlights from his New Japan match against Shingo Takaki that took place like a week ago. Now, the interesting part of this is that feels to me like the AEW-NJPW relationship is about to blossom. I don't know about you, given recent news... Feels like good timing. Otherwise, these two tried to kill each other as they punched each other in the face when Taylor got Moxley in the corner. I'm telling you, he was eating him alive, basically because he is a big man that slaps manly. Moxley then tried for the pile driver, but again, Shane was too powerful, so he got him to the outside when he went into Simba the Still Steps. Whoops. Thankfully, he did have Lee Moriarty with him, who used distraction to boot John right in the face. But once again, Moxley was just taking a bunch of health packs and he tried to suplex Shane. He was like, no, that's not going to happen. And he basically fell down on him and crushed him. This is when Box remembered, wait a minute, I can combine modern day wrestling with 1980s wrestling. So he hit a cutter followed by the 10 punches in the corner. But he also went for the paradise shift. And Taylor was having none of it this evening. So he just took his head off with a massive lariat. Box then decided he would try and strangle this guy. But that didn't work either as they went back to doing these death blows. Well, I think Jonathan wanted to make sure he got his dinner in. So he went back to that bulldog choke. And this time, Shane Taylor's body said to him, wait a minute, I can't breathe, so I'm going to pass out, otherwise we're going to die. Match was stopped, it was done. This really was just a proper enjoyable brawl, and afterwards, Moxie got on a microphone and basically said, I am coming for everybody, even if you're my own teammate. 
Well, I guess he's going to have a feud with somebody from the Blackpool Combat Club. He is not going to take any more crap, and this was probably the best thing to do because he does need some kind of direction going forward. But seriously, you just sat down to watch wrestling on a Saturday night, and it started with this. You would have enjoyed it in your tootsie toes. AEW then made sure to show us highlights of Samoa Joe versus Hook from Dynamite, which was a really good idea because it made it feel super duper important. When Adam Copeland was here, which ties into my weekend, I did a little bit of a tweet or an X post, whatever you call it. <laughs> I accidentally wound up the internet because he was continuing his open challenge when Dante Martin answered. And at one point, Dante went for a springboard and the former Edge just speared him out of midair. I was like, that's some good action. Some fans have decided, though, that Adam Copeland having these random matches is the worst thing ever, so we now have to get our pitchforks and go to his house. And look, you are totally allowed to think this if you'd rather Copeland was presented more like a Brock Lesnar when less is more. That is totally cool. Now, I don't agree with you, but also, hopefully, you find my attitude totally cool. The problem... (laughs) are these absolute loons who then go and make it personal. Because one, Copeland is allowed to finish his career however he wants, and he's most definitely earned the right. And two, him working with the next generation of talent is only going to help them. I mean, can you imagine having a match with somebody that was in WW for 25 years and then being able to go backstage and learn from that tree? You're absolutely going to become a better wrestler. All this is happening on free TV as well. And if somebody had told you that five years ago, they would have been punched in the face for telling outright lies. Let's not pretend. I would strongly suggest you go and watch this too because it is just so damn fun. One day I'm going to be dead. That's the truth. There's no point pretending otherwise. So I just want to be entertained as much as possible and this ticked that box. So I'm not going to worry about this nonsense and after he'd done that mega spear, Copeland was able to lock in his grindhouse submission and he got the tap out victory when he also took a microphone and said, well, that's another guy. I'm going to keep beating up all the guys. And eventually, I'm going to go after that TNT championship and finally defeat Christian Cage. So surely we are going to do round three at Revolution. It's probably going to have some kind of crazy stipulation too. I mean, they just work so well together. And you know we're going to get the tag team reunion eventually in 2024 as well. I'm enjoying this train. Look at it. It's all over the place. Do want to point out Adam also referred to himself as a five-course meal during this interview. Thankfully, he said he didn't know what that meant, because neither did I. Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli were there backstage. Man, did Lexi Nair make a total mistake. Because she asked them about the fact they will be taking on Eddie Kingston and Ortiz later. Man, these two don't like Ortiz. I mean, Brian Danielson essentially called losing to him the worst moment of his career. Claudio was also sick of hearing his name. When they basically turned to Ortiz and were like, listen, we're going to murk you as well just because you've decided to team with him. It really made me laugh out loud because they came across like unhinged loons. And the whole time they're wearing their brand new BCC t-shirts, which are like nice cute animals with words of death underneath. So bless these men because they just get it when Lexi had her working shoes on because she was also talking to Private Party and Top Flight. And Top Flight were like, oh, yeah. We remember Dynamite. You screwed us over. Now, Mark Quinn was all like, no, the only reason I grabbed the ropes after the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment surprise roll-up is because I lost my balance. It sounds like, yes, keep this up, become asshole heels. You also decide to do a rematch so you just know that Private Party are going to do it again. And we should do that. I mean, even the way they were dressed here, it was so over the top. I think this is going to be all right. When Thunder Rosa made her AEW singles match return... This was just good. Because Thunder's fight back to fitness has been well documented, and I cannot imagine how hard that must have been. So to see someone finally get back on their pedestal, where it's claps all round. Her opponent, too, was Queen Aminata, who has just been smashing it recently. 
We need to take that word and use it literally. Because when they got into the strikes, the Queen was just wailing on Thunder Rosa. It's like, oh man, she got carried away. She also wrecked Rosa with a backbreaker. And of course, that was the area of her injury. So she has no morals. It's all right, because Thunder came back with a head scissors. Here we go. And this didn't work, because Aminata came back with that damn hip attack in the corner. But given that she had booted Thunder Rosa in the head a few times, I think Thunder was like, well, I'm bored of this, and you're hurting my skin. So she returned with a big old clothesline, a meteora, and a northern light suplex for a one-two-oo. So listen to the shirt, pro wrestling tees. The queen takes nothing laying down though, so she came back with this nuts headbutt and an air grade crash for her own one two oo when Rosa decided to give her this drop kick that again was so stiff the crowd went, oh my gosh, when she hit the Tijuana bomb and she got the one two three. Now yes, I will mention the fact that again, this felt like a random match and we'll get to that later, but here the whole point is to rebuild Thunder Rosa and that's exactly what we're doing. Kind of intrigued what her first feud is going to be, but she hasn't lost a step. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz then did an interview and they were replying to the BCC. This is when I realized, oh yeah, we did need this. Because the last time these two were in the same room, they were button heads. As Ortiz told us though, that's what happens in families and they have got back together. When Kingston was just like, why are we doing this right now? We have a match to prepare for. I'm out of here. So as ever, Eddie Kingston is the best. It's then time to take another huge step forward when it did come to one of these storylines. Here came Bullet Club Gold. Golden Gun even did the DX intro here, which was kind of amusing because he pretended he just came up with this. And when Jay White took the mic, he put him over as well. He was like, oh man, great audible. White was also concerned because he realized that someone was missing when they did reveal a brand new member to the Bang Bang Gang, which yes, is a brand new cardboard cutout, this time of the injured Juice Robinson. I don't know when they came up with this stuff. It's really, really weird. Now, all of this was mostly done so we could celebrate the fact they are the brand new six-man Ring of Honor champions. 
When, of course, out came the acclaimed, because Anthony Bowens has been pushing for them to become a supergroup. At this time, Billy Gunn and Max Caster were super into this too, so we have progressed. And as Max said, listen to the fans. They all want it, so we should give them some love. They then all threw the scissors up, which was a sign that if we get the scissors back, we will be able to join forces. And even though Bullet Club Gold did consider this for a little while, all of a sudden their hands came together and we did a big old scissoring. What a sentence that is. So it does mean that a new stable is born. And of course, these guys are probably going to have to have a mini feud with the Undisputed Kingdom because those guys totally murked them as well. But I have a feeling just because they pushed it so hard, eventually the acclaimed will turn on Bullet Club Gold. Then we will have to see what happens next. Because surely then the big end result can be we do six-man titles against six-man titles with only one pair of trios belts being left, although it wouldn't be a pair because there's three of them. But look, everybody has been asking about that for ages, much as they were when it comes to the rankings. So I think Tony Khan is cooking. I think that could work too because the acclaimed have needed something ever since they lost the AEW tag titles. So as far as I'm concerned, this is it. So I shall watch on with intrigued eyes. Giving it up. Time as Tony Storm and her crew were then here, obviously in black and white, as Storm revealed to us, yes, I do know who Diana Parazza is, because we go way back. Plot twist. Now, the reason she faked this is because back then she was jealous of Parazzo's technical abilities. We're going all in here. <laughs> she came up with another dumb catch line when she said, I'm going to beat you and eat you. So eventually, we're just going to have to make a list of all the bullet points where Tony Storm has totally smashed it told you before and i'll tell you again i just love this character and even though it went on for about eight seconds i'm giving it up because being entertained is being entertained daniel garcia then continued to live up to his promise that in 2024 he's gonna totally kill it because he was continuing on his feud with the house of black as he took on buddy matthews and surprise surprise this totally rocked remember i was on commentary as two which is always great when buddy totally ignored what his name was. He started running over this guy with shoulder tackles. Now the House of Black and FTR were out there with their boys. This is when Garcia went to consult with Dax and Cash. And they must have gone, why don't you just do the same thing to him? So he did, he got in the ring and he hit Matthews with more tackles. This is when both groups just looked at each other to let you know it is super serious. When this damn buddy Matthews hit a DDT into the ring apron. That's the hardest part of the ring. Garcia was having none of that, though, so he went all escalation here because he hit a pile driver into the damn ring apron when he also took Buddy Matthews' legs and he tied them around Rita the ring post and he hit the figure four. So, Alina, Yuda a la pobre, Rita, por favor. Then Garcia also gone full Bret Hart here where he logged in the Dragon Tamer, which is simply the sharpshooter. As he always does, he leant too far back and Buddy grabbed his head and slammed into the mat. Even Matt Menard was losing on commentary and so was I. Matthews then remembered it was 2024, so he did all the knees to the face. But when he went for the stomper mist, Danny started doing his dance. I was like, bro, I think that's a good idea. It turned out he was able to max out his meter though, because when Matthews went for the bomb of power, he reversed it into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up, and he got the three. And it was done with so much damn intensity. That's how you do that finish. Instantly, all the two groups rushed each other as well. And that was so well done. It's like, wait, what? How did that happen? When the locker had emptied two to try and separate them. When we learned, courtesy of FTR, next week, we are doing a six-man tag in a flapping cage. This has to be the blower for the feud. And honestly, how can it be bad? And they just get it. Every single person in it just gets it so much. And they just take their matches and elevate them through the roof. Whatever that means. I love all this. Up. When Matt Seidel continued his AEW comeback, that's not going very well. He lost to Chris Jericho on Rampage 
And here, he lost to Roderick Strong. Nuts. Now, of course, this was mostly done because we only have six weeks before our international title match between Roddy and Orange Cassidy. So even though Seidel was able to hit his flippy-dippy-doo-dah stuff, which is still damn good, by the way, eventually Strong was like, nah, bruh, I don't want you to do that to me. And he hit the end of heartache. One, two, three. Went about seven minutes. Now, I want to point out this was really, really good. And I appreciated the commentators going, oh, my gosh, they've had such a history going back to the Ring of Honor days. So I am going to give it an up. But this was when you get the third match, when it is just so random, and everybody knows Roderick Strong is going to win. So here comes that term again. It's the law of diminishing returns. I just think eventually you are going to have to let an underdog win, which is going to spark all the fans' brains off, so that next time we do this, we're like, oh, we can't understand the finish. Although I hope nobody makes that noise. So I am going to give it a down, but once again, is that a lame down? Yes, of course it is. Look at me, I'm an idiot. Which did mean our main event was going to be Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli taking on Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. And it was just fire. There's no fire. Now, while it sounds horrible, you do have to see it, because the highlight was essentially Brian and Castagnoli just being horrible to Eddie Kingston the whole time. Now, one, this worked, because they do come across like tamales, but two, Eddie sold it so well. It was half, I'm going to kill you, and half... That's not very nice at all. Ortiz was able to tag in at 1.2, but he got totally murked. To the point he kind of turned around and tried to tag out again. But Claudio is having none of that because he gave him the big swing. I was like, Ortiz, that did not work out. Danielson then booted this guy so hard I thought his stomach was going to come out. But after Ortiz did rally, he got the tag or the warm tag or the hot tag, whatever you want to call it, to Kingston who got in there. And he started busting out all the chops. The second official move of 2024. So I keep saying it's the chops or the knee. More importantly, what am I doing with my hand? He also dropped the straps to let you know he meant this. When Castignoli, for the second time in a couple of weeks, hit that rainmaker. And given recent news, I'm keeping my eye on this. Brian also hit the diving headbutt and I still find it totally mad he continues to do that move. When Castignoli totally lost his mind because he took Ortiz and he threw him into Stevie the security guy. What did he ever do? It obviously meant now Eddie Kingston had to fight both of these guys because Brian Danielson is such a troll. He went for the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment, but Ed was having none of that. So therefore he was able to drop in with a DDT when Ortiz was back and they just hit all the double dean combos. Finish. He did forget about Claudio for a little bit when they came together to hit double dies onto the BCC. And even after all of that, somehow Ortez found himself in the LaBelle lock courtesy of Brian Danielson. Castagnoli had a plan too, because he was quite literally holding Eddie back. But as soon as Ortiz got to the ropes, do you know what Castagnoli did? He took Eddie's penis and he smashed it into the ring ropes. Felt very unnecessary. Danielson then decided to boot Ortiz's head in. This was so damn savage. When the plan did continue, because yeah, Brian Danielson hit the big knee. He got the one, two, three, which rhymes, by the way. And why was Edward not able to help? Because damn Claudio was still holding his boot. So there is your one, two, three, and we're clearly building to something. Because afterwards, just to add insult to injury, even though Eddie Kingston wasn't the guy to take the pinfall, the American Dragon, I kid you not, walked up to him and went and spat right in his face. Kingston reaction was a peach. So I'm going to assume that come AEW Revolution, we are going to get Danielson versus Kingston, which I will always take. Also, this match was damn good, so it's getting it up. And before Collision ended, we just got told, like it's a random, normal thing, that on Dynamite, we are getting Adam Copeland versus Minoru Suzuki. So I'm doing this again like a damn seal. And overall, Collision is going to get an up. I mean, at the end of the week, if you just want a show where you get banger after banger after banger, 
this is the one for you. Now, of course, please do click the video on the screen, which is ups and downs, so smack it down to support all of wrestling and also support my nonsense too. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Drop me a comment and tell me, did you like the show? Did you not like the show? How can we make Collision even better than it is? Otherwise, have a terrific week. I'll see you every day. Take care. See you soon.